Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. So the Julius Randle has been ruled out of Tuesday's game versus the Rockets, according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. Randle's team, the Pelicans, plan to listen to offers for Anthony Davis, but won't make a deal before next Thursday's trade deadline unless they're offered an overwhelming package. The Lakers are hopeful that LeBron James can play Thursday against the Clippers. In the NFL, Rams coach Sean McVay said Todd Gurley will, quote, be a big part of this game. And in baseball, John Hammond of FanCred reports that the Reds are, quote, making progress in talks with the Marlins regarding a trade for JT Romuto. Hammond also reports that the Padres are considering free agent Mike Moustakis. And the Toronto Blue Jays have signed infielder Freddie Galvis to a one-year $5 million contract. Mark Feinstein of MLB.com reports that the deal does include a club option for 2020. I'm Dan Straffer, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Updates. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. All right, let's roll. Game Time Decisions. Red Heat and Rage, our radio, Fantasy Sports, our radio network. I am Gabriel Moretzi, Cam Stewart. Still down and out. The countdown to Super Bowl 53 is on. The King, Scott Angle, steps up uh, for Cam. George Kurtz joins us as he does uh, every Tuesday. The show must go on. What's going on, Angle? What's going on here, uh, Gabe? Good to be with you a second day in a row. I hope Cam's feeling better. But, uh, hey, if I hang out with you every day, I'm not going to complain about it. Well, we appreciate you stepping in. People enjoyed the uh, the program uh, yesterday. Yang, if you can turn the levels up, um, it would, uh, as uh, as Winnow Bagel Man said, do us a kindness and turn turn the levels up. Um, yeah, George Kurtz going to step up and, and uh, join us. Um, you ready to talk about some hockey? Every time Kurtz joins us, you know, the NHL comes up, Angle. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, my nickname for him is Blue Line because nobody can talk a blue streak like, uh, how, about, like George George Kurtz cat about the NHL. So, uh, hey, let's, let's talk about how the Islanders are taking over New York, right? Blue, blue line. I like that. Well, you notice yeah. Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets have been kicking ass, and uh, the New York Islanders have had uh, had a good year. Um, so, we got a lot of stuff to break down on the program today. Obviously, the countdown of the Super Bowl uh, is on. Um, we're going to talk some uh, NBA basketball as well. This Anthony Davis stuff uh, continues uh, right now. Um, you know, about, ooh, he's going to get traded. I have a lot of thoughts uh, about this is the more I think about it, the more it's just, it's freaking ridiculous that Anthony Davis is already pulling this crap a year and a half out uh, when he still has a year and a half left uh, on his deal and something uh, kind and uh, close to uh, and kind to uh, the King's heart, a little baseball talk as people got swindled overnight and earlier in the day uh, by some fake accounts out there that stated that, uh, that Bryce Harper had signed with the Philadelphia Phillies, except it wasn't real. There were, were fake accounts. Yeah, and uh, we've been hearing a lot of rumors that the Phillies were going to be involved in, you know, some MLB beat guys that I really 
respect, uh, you know, we're actually saying, oh, well, you know, look, it looks like it's close. But uh, it turned out to be a hoax. You know, that could happen in today's social media. Back in the days when you just had new newspapers, that couldn't happen. Yeah, exactly. It happens in MMA a lot, Scott. MMA, you'll get fooled. There's a lot of stuff, and dudes will come up, and, hey, I heard this. And listen, in today's day and age, man, things um, things go viral quickly. They don't have to be true. I mean, it's the definition of fake news, actually. Right? I mean, Trump always calls out fake news as because he doesn't like stepping reported. That's fake news. But that's not really what fake news is. Fake news is just one blank, fake-ass stuff. Just 100% fake stuff. Fake articles, fake, you know, fake news reports, fake this. And we see it trickle down into this world right now. I don't know what people want to throw people get out of it, though. So this dude goes out of his way. He creates a fake account and stuff. And, ooh, Bryce Harper. So, okay, ha, ha, he laughs. People are stupid. We already knew people were stupid, Scott. Like, what, what, what yeah. do you prove? Like, well, you don't make money off of this. <laughs> like, what do you, like, you didn't make any money because a bunch of people retweeted your stupid tweet. Like, I, I don't really get the motivation out of it. Like, I guess that's to prove that people follow anything. But so what? We already knew that. It's probably done by a bunch of kids, though. But kids, you know, uh, you know, a lot of times will do stuff, you know, just as a dare or just to get attention. It could have been a college kid saying to my friends, ah, ha, ha, look what I did. I got everybody to, to, to tweet about Bryce Harper. Ah, ha, ha. And then all his friends think he's cool, you know, who are about the same age. Yeah, or all these people in Philadelphia who are pretty crazy to begin with, like punch him in the back of the head <laughs> if they ever figure out if they ever figure out is. I've seen it before with the mainstream media, but not so much mainstream, but in the hockey world, people pick things up quickly to it. I once I once was talking about potential trades on the radio in Montreal. I was doing a Canadian's post game show. And I was sarcastic though. I wasn't real, Scott. Like I was being sarcastic. I said, Oh yeah, like, people were like the Canadians should get Alexander Ovechkin. I said, oh yeah, yeah, why don't they just trade this for him and that for him? Except I was being sarcastic because I was like, you people are stupid. The Washington Capitals aren't trading Alexander Ovechkin to the Montreal Canadiens. And lo and behold, man, it got picked up online with you know Montreal talk show hosts Canadians in talks with Ovechkin. And lo and behold, man, mainstream uh, stations started calling me from Washington asking me about what I knew about this report and about these this trade rumor and stuff. And I, I, had it to, up. I had to tell the guy, like in Washington, I said I was being sarcastic. I, there is no, like, I said, I don't, I, I was honest. I said, if there was, I wouldn't know. <laughs> like, you know, this whole thing, like, there's a report today, Scott, it comes out. It says, um, if Anthony Davis goes to the Lakers, then Clay Thompson's interested in going to the Lakers. So do you really believe that in, in, in the last 24 hours somehow that Clay Thompson actually made up his mind that he's going to leave the Golden State Warriors because a 25-year-old kid said he wants to go to the Lakers? Like, it's, it's preposterous. Like, it didn't happen. Like, it's just it's just stupid. So that, you know, I'd, I'd be willing to bet money that never happened. I don't know what the motivation is, why someone leaked that, why someone would throw that out there, but it's all garbage. It's the same thing like the Knicks. The Knicks are rumored to be in the Anthony Davis talks, Scott. Like, do you really right. believe that? Or do you uh, think the Knicks you know threw it out I, there? I do, be- I do believe Do you think it the because- Knicks threw it out there to get their fans off their back a bit? To say, look, we were trying. We were, we were in the talks for Davis. I think it's bullshit. I think it's garbage. I think they just threw it out there. 
for to say the Montreal Canadiens do this all the time. You know, they'll make you know they'll, they'll just throw it out there that they tried to get a player. So when fans pitch, how come they never sign anybody? They can look back and no, look, there are reports they tried to get that guy. I, I see right through it, Scott. Yeah, um, it, I I do think there's some veracity to that though, because uh, you know I saw the back pages of the Daily News at the Post today here in New York, and uh, one of them said that the Knicks are expected to go after him, but the, I think that was the Post, but the news actually said that uh, although that the Knicks were really not expected to make a play, so I think I think it's been bounced about whether or not the Knicks would. Uh, you know, one of the back pages said that the Knicks should, but probably won't. The other one said Knicks expected to make a play. Uh, I, I, I think there's probably varying views on that, depending on who they spoke to. But if it's on the back page of each paper, I think there's something to it. You know, when there's smoke, there's fire. I think uh, they're trying to sell papers. I think the Daily News, and they're more, Daily News is like banned from MSG. The Post isn't. So you're going to get a straighter angle from, from the Daily News. Anthony Davis said he wanted to play for a winner. The Knicks aren't a winner. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Let's roll. Game time decisions. Red Heat and Rage on radio. I am Gable Morenci. Uh, Cam Stewart might be better tomorrow. I think uh, I think he will. Uh, Cam, um, Cam definitely is uh, pretty tough. He sucks it up. He's got a, a very good track record. Some people would say, you know, hey, we'd, uh, we'd question the... Um, we we question the strength of the sickness, but it's hard to question Cam's uh, willpower, uh, Scott. Oh, I've done shows with him for a long time over the years, and he's plowed through under some pretty difficult circumstances. He must be pretty messed up uh, right now. He sent me a text. He said that uh, he's got a throat infection. So I, I didn't think it was strep throat, but he said he's got a throat infection, and uh, he's coughing, and there's blood, and he can't really talk, but he thinks he'll be better by tomorrow. So... We appreciate you stepping up and in. George Kurtz uh, will be uh, joining us. The countdown to Super Bowl uh, is on. We're talking about uh, Anthony Davis. And, you know, I don't know how you feel about this. I'm a big NBA fan. It's my favorite league out of all the leagues. But um, it's the one thing that is a problem about the NBA is that the players – the players just have, you know, dare I say, not too much power, but this crap about, you know, dictating where they're going to go you know, while they're under contract. I don't have a problem. You're a free agent. Go sign whatever the hell you want to sign. But these players that want to get traded, but only one place, like, that's not the way the world works. 
Like, even in sports, I know even if you're, you know, a rich person, that's not the way sports leagues operate. Yet in the NBA, you know, the players try to make it happen. And, you know, to me, Anthony Davis, you know, play all your freaking contract and then go sign where you want to sign. But to do this a year and a half before you're a free agent leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, a lot, a lot of guys, like, we, you know, we've seen these super teams in the past, like with the Miami Heat, you know, what they were able to put together. Uh, guys pretty much uh, want to dictate where they go, especially when they're a free yeah, agent. At least LeBron but, James was a free agent. You know what I mean? At yeah, least LeBron, was. like, didn't say, oh, trade me to Miami yeah, but my, point, else, my right? point was more, though, that they, they know they, that they can do that and put those kind of super teams together. But, you know, they, this is a superstar-driven league, and when the superstars, you know, get unhappy, they, they, they try to they try to move their way out of town like Jimmy Butler did. And, you know, exactly. make, make it very uncomfortable for the home team to do it. And it seems like Jimmy Butler was get, can get away with it. So why shouldn't Anthony Davis try it? It's a good point. It's a good point. Anthony Davis is better than Jimmy Butler. <laughs> right? So it's yeah. a very good point, King. Uh, yeah, that's a point for you uh, on that. Yeah, it's a problem for me. And, you know, the thing with Anthony Davis hasn't even proved he can stay healthy. He hasn't proven he can stay healthy. Um, but, you know, we'll see what, what the, the Pelicans do. Now there are reports, actually, and I'm not buying, you know. We don't know. That's the whole thing. The media has never known less than they, they do now. Like Scott said, in the old days, it was different. Like, there used to be, you know, a beat guy. Like, you know, the, the guy that covered the team used to actually go out for drinks with the, with the coach and the manager. And, you know, they would travel on the same train or same plane. And, you know, there was sort of a, there was, there was a knowledge and, 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 you know, from a behind the scenes perspective that you don't get now. I mean, you have guys to cover teams now that aren't even like at the stadium. Right, I mean that's common. Yeah, in today's well, day, it's, I, I don't, it's the media. The media. I don't know cheap. if there's beat guys. I don't know if there's beat guys. Not uh, beat you know. guys, but there's a lot of coverage. There aren't really beat guys. The newspapers have fired them. The media, uh, the, the coaches don't trust the new guys. You know what I'm saying? Like the old guys had been around a while and sort of earned a decorum of trust. You don't really have that now. You get kids that are right out of university and stuff. The next thing you know, boom, they're the beat writer for a team. So it's just, uh, you don't get the same. They don't know. You know what I'm saying? I guarantee you. Like the general manager I, I, of the Brooklyn Nets isn't telling some, he's not telling some kid from some blog what's, what's his plan to replace Spencer Dinwiddie. It's not happening, Scott. I don't know if I fully agree with that. Like, I'm constantly on the beat, you know, in Major League Baseball. And, you know, the guys that have been there doing it for a while, it's, you know, they're, they're more with, you know, top online outlets now instead of top newspapers. And I think that the guys that people trust have still been there for a while. Like with the Mets, you know, like you have the same guy for the for MLB.com, you know, has been there for years. Uh, the Athletic is new, but they, yep. they'll send seasoned people in there. So well, Ken Rosenthal is respected. It's more that you know, the outlets are changing than the people are changing. Like, you know, the guys that have been writing for MLB.com have been doing it for a while. Uh, now people read the posts in the news. They read it online. And the post has, has had the same guys for a while. The, the news, until, you know, they had all the layoffs, uh, had those same guys for a while. But they're going to find jobs with different outlets and still maybe come back 
and, uh, you know, cover the Mets. MLB, I remember when MLB.com started and was really starting to build. And, you know, I never really thought, well, if a guy's getting hired by MLB to cover a team, how much honest of a, how much, uh, how much of an honest take are you actually going to get? But Major League Baseball's website has actually been known for being real. Like, they actually, like, have negative stories about baseball on their website. They actually cover baseball, which I'll give them credit for, actually. Uh, I'll give them credit for. So, we'll talk about this Machado and uh, and Harper stuff later. I'm not surprised what's going on, that they're not really getting the offers that they want, but I am surprised about how, how real this is, about how supposedly little these offers really are. I mean, Machado, I mean, we guys, we were talking about 300, you know, $500 million at first. And then people are like, this, yeah, you're not getting 500 million bucks, Harper. Right? Then he was probably thinking, wow, I'll get 350, I'll get 400. And I mean, we don't know exactly what, what he's been offered, but we're hearing 200, 180 million. <laughs> it's a big ass difference, man, than what they were looking at. And the Houston Astros owner, uh, Scott, the Houston Astros owner, came out and said, you can call it collusion if you want, but I don't really know if it's collusion. I don't think, I think like a lot of teams don't like Machado's personality, and I think a lot of teams don't like Harper's personality. So they're two unique guys that not every team's going to want in the first place. And But secondly, he brought up analytics, Scott. He said, in today's game, analytics, he goes, basically, you can get production for cheaper if you're good at uh, analytics, as opposed to just paying these mega superstar players. And he's kind of right. I mean, he is. I mean, that, it, it, it would be interesting to see if baseball continues down this road. The players are going to have a real problem with this because there's a lot of money in that baseball pool, but the owners aren't giving it to the players right now, Scott. Yeah, and when you talk about, you know, whether the uh – you know, whether these guys are well-liked by the organization. Uh, you know, Manny Machado was very, how should I say, cautious with the media when he was talking to them last year. Uh, I think Machado's very well-liked by his teammates. I certainly got that picture when I was in the Orioles clubhouse a few times that uh, he's well-liked by his teammates. I think maybe it's just more of a money thing with Hobbs. That was a bad team, though. That's hard, but I was yeah. going to say, he's liked on a bad team. Like, look, point blank. How many Yankee fans and even Brian Cashman came out and said it'll be a problem at Yankee Stadium if he doesn't run out to first base hard? Like, and Manny said, I won't run to first base hard every time. Yeah, but because usually when, you, when you have a bad team, you have you have a, a clubhouse with, where guys don't like each other. I'm not dismissing what Cashman says, but uh, maybe the front office view is is that's the front office view. Yes, that's what like I say. Cashman. When an organized, yeah, yeah but they're the ones. They're the ones that are signing the check. Making the decisions, yeah. <laughs> uh, right. as, far, as far as Harper goes... I don't think I, the guy in the clubhouse cares, Scott. You're right. <laughs> I think some clubhouses... Well, I, I, think, disagree, I, I think I think when I'll you're disagree. looking at a guy, though, I think when you're you look at a guy, though, you want to see if they're a good clubhouse guy or not, too. Yeah, but you look like, uh, look like the Golden State Warriors got in a fight earlier this year. You know, the Boston Celtics got into a fight. You know, the Raptors are always, like, intense with each other. And there's always... They're always seemingly on the brink of like a, a meltdown because they're good teams right there's an expectation level they expect to perform a certain way you know you never see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fighting with each other they don't care 
Yeah, it was like the most choking Hopper. <laughs> yeah. Well, Popperbaugh's just a jerk, but so is Harper, probably. <laughs> All right, we're going to get to the phone lines. Our main man, Clam Chowder, on deck. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fancy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fancy Sports Radio Network app. The Fancy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fancy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fancy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fancy Sports Radio Network, your free fancy source, 24 hours a day. Game Time Decisions, Red Heat Radio, Radio. I'm Gabriel Moranzi. Cam Stewart under the weather, under a polar vortex that we'll get to later. Uh, those of us in New York uh, right now have uh, dodged a bullet so far. There's no snow. Um, you can tell it's just, it's going to get cold over the next couple of days, or at least colder, but nothing compared to what I see online. Man, Chicago looks like a uh, nuclear apocalypse. Like, the, the Lake Michigan's like frozen. There's <laughs> like chunks of ice, like over the top. It looks cool, but I'm sure it's not very cool. And what's not cool is I saw people were getting robbed at gunpoint for their winter jackets yesterday in Chicago. Sounds like a fun place place to go to. <laughs> Um, all right, so um, we'll just quickly here before we bring uh, Kurtz in, we'll get the clam chowder. I want to give a shout-out to Brandon Cooks. Uh, Rams, I just retweeted the story. There's a video of it. Rams wide receiver Brandon Cooks surprised the Rams team's custodian with Super Bowl tickets. So just basically a kid, the guy that hangs around, cleans up the clubhouse, does little things. He's not really an employee, though, right? So yeah, to me, the Rams should have brought the kid anyways, but they didn't. Right? He's just an employee guy. He's not really like a team employee or anything. But uh, Brandon Cook said the second that he got to L.A., he had a, you know, he liked the kid and thought the guy was a good guy. He said, our man Alfonso, the guy's special. He keeps that locker room in tip-top shape. He's got a special soul. I found myself drawn to him uh, once I got here. We see him around the facility all the time. I felt like it would be special for him to uh, be part of this success. I wanted to make sure that he would be able to be at the Super Bowl with his son to enjoy this. So uh, Brandon Cooks hooked him up with two Super Bowl tickets, hotel and airfare. Because that's what I was thinking. I'm like, man, the tickets to the Super Bowl are good, but what's he going to do when he gets there? So Cooks, uh, Cooks hooked him up uh, with the plane tickets and the hotel as well. So uh, class act Brandon Cooks. Hopefully uh, Cooks has a big game uh, on uh, on uh, Sunday. All right, let's bring George Kurtz in. George, how you doing? Well, you know, uh, I'm going to blame Cam because I'm a little in the weather too. I was feeling good over the weekend. And Cam got sick and all of a sudden I had food poisoning Sunday. Coincidence? I think not. I, I remember you, you sound good and good to be on the air with you again, George. It's twice in one week. It's a, a rarity for us to be on the air together these days. It is strange. Right? Usually Scott and I don't work together and all of a sudden, boom, for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, we'll be uh, every other week we'll be with each other. Yeah, I think yeah, I'm sorry. To separate us. I'm sorry, George. I should have warned you. Yeah, you heard that Scott was going to be here too. You didn't know. <laughs> No idea, actually. 
actually. Yeah, I'm just I'm just kidding. Now listen, it's true, George. You're a trooper. Because I remember a couple of weeks ago you were coughing up a lung and you got through the segments with us on the show. And, but I would say Cam's pretty tough. Like he's a big dude and also he hates losing money. So for Cam to miss shows it's gotta be something pretty severe. We'll see if he's able to return uh, tomorrow. But let's just bring in Clam Chowder right now. He's been very patient uh, on hold here. Clam Chowder in Montreal, where uh, I think it's like a winter uh, winter wasteland right now. What's going on, Clam Chowder? Hey, yeah, yeah, man. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. Eagle, eagle, eagle around here. I haven't gotten out of my place when my door is frozen shut. And uh, yeah, I've been ordering a... Uh, yeah, yeah. right now. 17 degrees, guys, in Montreal. So that's not that bad, Shatter, but I, it's a bitter 17 there. I know. I know. I think in, in New York, it's going to be about 15, 16 degrees on Thursday. So we're going to get it, but you, you, you're better off, Shatter. Normally, Toronto, normally, like, the weather's way worse in uh, in Montreal than Toronto. It's like, you know, 5 to 7 degrees warmer in Toronto. It doesn't really snow in Toronto that much, or it does, and it'll, it'll, it'll melt quickly. Um, if you see Toronto right now, Chatter, it's a freaking blue Desert, man, like the airports. Oh yeah, a lot of snow there. Uh, yeah. but you know, uh, you gave, uh, in MTL uh, yeah. with the wind chill, man, it, it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you gotta watch, watch out. Yeah, you know, we were talking about here in New York. You know, I was around the corner at the bagel store the other day, and I remembered this. I lived in Fort Lauderdale for eight years about how how people in, in Florida have the nerve to complain about the cold when it's like 45 degrees. It's like, I remember moving down there and people would be wearing winter jackets and you'd see it'd be 44 degrees and you see on the news, live, local, late breaking, the cold front continues. I start cracking up. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got hey, cold. Hey, <laughs> hey, Scotty and George, I, how you guys doing? Hey, uh, What's Scotty, up, Hey, yeah, Kirksey, baby. And, uh, yeah, Scotty, you mentioned about bagel. Well, we have the greatest bagels around. Well, yeah. Uh, probably the second best bagel. Good luck with that. New York is the home of the best bagel. No way. Spring Gator Bagel had a competition, and it's on film on YouTube. And Spring Gator Bagel is number one. Number one outside of New York. The bagel, bagels and pizza, New York rules. Uh, I don't, I've, I've had them both. I've had them both. I think the Montreal bagel uh, has has them beat. Uh, to be honest, uh, you, you got to come to my neighborhood game. You got to come to my neighborhood. You have it. Uh, our boy Steve in the pit was even saying in uh, in Brooklyn. There's a place. It's Montreal bagels and smoked meat, and uh, places jam packed all the time. Does real well. How many Jews? Oh yeah, sure. Montreal, though. A lot, dude. A lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scott. Yeah, yeah. yeah Maybe yeah. I'll have to go to Montreal and try a bagel. Listen, I'm on the 
FedEx you a Queens bagel, you FedEx me a Montreal bagel. Hey, you're on, you're on. Hey. <laughs> Gator bagel, Clam Chowders on the Wall of Fame, Hall of Fame, and 
Bam Chowder. <laughs> Bring some energy bring it to the show, today. guys. Yeah. yeah. He's bringing it. Wow. Hard, you know, hard not to like Clam Chowder, huh? Like, uh, how, how do you What's not, not like to that like? What's the, Even though he's a Patriot fan, like, I look the other way, George. Like, he's one, like, when I think of the Patriots, like, like, man, I hate these guys. But how do you hate Clam Chowder? The guy loves the Patriots. It's just tough. It's like, you know, you're playing a balancing act here. You like Clam Chowder, but how, how does one become a Patriots fan? Yeah, but at least with Chowder, I'm going to give him credit. He was a Patriot fan, like, his whole life. Okay, but like, he, he, great. Yeah, he's like, he's... He suffered. Yeah, he 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 suffered for those years with like Stefan Starring and and guys. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Stefan Starring. Yeah, also doesn't, doesn't talk trash like a lot of other Patriot fans. Sam Cunningham. Sam Cunningham. Wow, those are names. Sam, Sam, Sam Cunningham. Yeah. Of course, Irving Fryer coming in the later years. Chowder actually quizzes. When I've seen Chowder Tony eat all Patriot fans, yeah, Tony calls and he gets mad if, like, you're a new school Patriot fan. Like, Chowder's old school for real. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Red Heat and Rage, our radio, Fantasy Sports, our radio network. All right, so we're talking about, so I just said, so Clam Chowder, Clam Chowder, whenever he meets a Patriot fan, I've seen him do it, he starts, like, drilling them about, like, when, are you just a Brady fan or, like, Belichick, and when, when did you hop on board? Um, I find Seattle, and that's the one thing that upsets people of Seattle, Scott. And I know you're a lifelong uh, Seahawk guy. Well, I know a lifelong one. Uh, we'll find out when you became a Seahawk fan. 1984. So same with Cam. Like, Cam's, you know, old school, and Cam's actually been to the kingdom and stuff. And, you know, his old school Steve Largent and Joey Galloway and, you know, just, you know, Dave Craig, etc. So, and he got the same thing. And I remember, like, I've, I've got jokes um, uh, George about Seahawks hardcore fans since 2013 <laughs> right like the, sort of the new breed of Seahawks I, I, fans I used to get that when they went when they went sorry sorry game but I used to get that when they when used to one of the Super Bowl people thought you were like Warriors with the Warriors yeah yeah yeah, that, yeah, yeah. you know like what I would, say? On the I would I would say you know kid my, kiss my John Kitten wearing jersey wearing ass <laughs> thinking with George's team, it's like the opposite, George. Everyone used to be an Islander fan. Now they're not. <laughs> yeah, that's true, right? If you grew up in the 70s, Islanders, uh, 70s, 80s, Islanders were great, and then everything sort of went really downhill really quickly with that organization and the, uh, I guess the, I mean, come on, they had an owner who didn't have any money. Great background check by the NHL. Well, I mean, Spanos, how he pulled that off. You know, an owner who actually had no, I mean, literally no cash. I had more money than uh, what Spanos it was it was quite a, quite the circus. Even now, I don't I don't know. Like you said, I don't know where their future is. Like you said, until there's a shovel in the ground, you'll never oh, really I'm not go. believe in anything. 
I mean, Scott lives much closer to Belmont than I do, but until I see, and now they say maybe May, maybe June, maybe May. You know what? Ugh. Living on Long Island, I can tell you, man, Nassau County is broke. They're, they're more than broke. They owe money. They have to get everything approved <laughs> by some organization, like NIFA, something like that. Until I actually see uh, shoveling ground and cranes and all the construction equipment, I ain't believing crap. What about Amazon coming to there? Where's that going? That's Long Island City. Long Island City. Long Island City. Yeah, that's yeah Long Island City, Queens. And they're all bitching about that too, right? Because they're not going to pay enough in taxes. Yeah, and the rent's just going to go up everywhere for people, right? Because there's going to be like 25,000 people working there. Listen, no matter what you do, people bitch. It doesn't matter. You know, it's, it's all the NIMBY stuff, not in my backyard. People are going to complain. You can't, there's no way you can make you're right. happy. People bitch like you're right, dude. Like, they're all bitching and protesting Amazon coming to New York. And if they didn't come to New York, people would be bitching. Stupid politicians, Cuomo couldn't even get Amazon right. to New York. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you can't. You're right. Like, whatever you see that. You know, even Trump, Trump finds it. Trump's in the same boat. Like, Trump's either like this crazy guy that's over the top and ruthless, or he caved. Ah, oh, look, he's a wimp. He caved. Ha, ha, ha. It's like, guys, like, you can't have it both ways, right? You, you, know, what I, you know what I hear? You know what I hear? Amazon's coming. Uh, you know, all these jobs are going to open up the next breath. Uh, I sent a resume. Nobody even called me back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is not something to joke about, though. It's, you know, a lot of people, it's, it's, it's tough to get a job in New York City. I was out in Seattle, and they have a big Amazon uh, in December for the first time. And they, they have a big, uh, you know, Amazon headquarters out there. And it really created a lot of jobs. And a lot of a lot of younger people moved to Seattle because of that. Yeah, Seattle. But also what happens is you see in San Francisco, it, it you know, rejuvenates these cities, you know, the tech sector stuff. But yeah. it also, then there's the downfall, right? Like San Francisco is so successful. The rents are so much. They have a severe problem, like with like the rich and the poor type thing. I know there's like, right. that, that exists everywhere, but it's really there. Like there's people basically just pissing on the sidewalk everywhere. They can't afford to live anywhere. And there's like, it's like, that like in Seattle a, too. Yeah, and there's severe, yeah. yeah, but not just homeless, but they hate rich people. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, there's homeless people in Manhattan, but they don't want to club some dude that's in a suit over the head. But like there's a resentment. Like right. it's, they, there's too much of a disparity. You know, like if the movie The Purge ever comes true, it's going to happen in San Francisco first. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I never saw The Purge. I never saw it. <laughs> no, I've seen that movie, Scott. There's a bunch of them. But I see it either, but I know the concept. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what I'm saying, George, right? Yeah, yeah. Like it's basically people revolt, Scott, in The Purge. It's yeah. basically for one night. One night, you don't get charged with like killing people. And it becomes, it's like in the future. It's oh, like, okay. It's like the 4th of July. like last year or two years ago, right? Well, no, it came out probably like 10 years ago, but there's been... It's like 18 years ago. Like, yeah, there's been I, a I, movie I, like that that came out last year. I can't remember the name of it. Where yeah, it's probably the purge. It's a new one, yeah. 24 hours to, like, kill everybody. <laughs> That's like every movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, there's... So the purge is... So basically in the movie, the purge is the same thing all the time. Like, so when people can do what they want to do, what do they do? They go right for the nice neighborhoods and start killing everyone and robbing them. 
So that's what I'm saying. Like, if, it, if the purge ever happens, it's, it's going to happen first. Uh, in, uh, it's going to happen first in San Francisco. All right. Uh, so I like how Chowder was slick enough to drop a uh, Metal Ounce sports book shout out in there, too. And, uh, that's somewhere somewhere we're going to be going out to. So we talked about it. Over $6 billion. $6 billion going to be bet on the Super Bowl. And they say one in 10 Americans are going to bet on the Super Bowl. I doubt the numbers. I don't think so. I don't believe one in 10. I don't doubt the $6 billion, but I doubt the one in 10. So I'll ask you guys, Scott, are you betting on the Super Bowl at all? Like with a friend, your son, you know, are you betting a pizza? Do you have any sort of form of gambling going on uh, for, for the Super Bowl? Uh, I actually don't. Uh, you know, I think once betting comes to New York City, you know, that may change for me. I may lay something down. Uh, but technically, which is not gambling, I'm definitely going to play DFS. Am I going to have some sort of interactive investment in the game? Definitely. Yeah, so, you know, that's, that's an involvement in the game. What about you, George? Are you going to have a piece? You seem like a Super Bowl square type of guy. I'm actually not square because he I, is yeah, super small square. He, he is a square. He plays squares. No, yeah, this is, he plays uh, the squares. Both. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know if I'll have any. I mean, if I'm at a, well, I won't be at a party because I got to do the radio for that, that day, so I'll be home. But no, I probably won't have any squares. DFS, sure, but I will have uh, money action on the game. I don't know if I'm going to go touch the over under or the game itself, but I'm with the props. I like props. And Super Bowl, I think the props are funny. They're crazy. So I don't know how many I'll do. My guess is my over under on props will be 20, 25 of them. I mean, what? Wow. Westgate has over Westgate has over a thousand props. I'm going through them. I'm just laughing my ass over some of them. They're hilarious. But, uh, you know, I was talking that Tony Romo, what's the, uh, the over under seven and a half on, how, on his correct predictions. Now, I'll never do that because I'm not reading the fine print here and trying to figure out, you know, how vague it has to be, but Tony Romo will be correct and I don't want to pay attention like that. Well, but that's I, the thing. Yeah, I'm not, so I'm not touching that. So if I have to think about it, then I don't, I want, I want my props to be fun and easy. Well, here's you one. Know? Will Tony Romo, will Tony Romo, Tony, Tony Romo's predictions result in a touchdown. Hey, well, what does that mean? What if he says it's going to be a run to the left? Okay, well, that's a prediction. And they score on that. Do I get points for that? That's when i got to read fine print. It doesn't have to be exact and say the player, you know, I, I won't do that. I think Romo wants a fun, and it's certainly for, fun to listen to Romo, which is, you know, it's strange. Because I don't listen to a lot of games, so I only really have heard Romo a couple of times. Either I'm on the radio, so I don't get to listen, or we do at home. I, I play music a lot of times during the games. So I think the most announcers suck. So I only really got to well, listen to Romo uh, the last game. He is good. He is entertaining. And it was fun to hear him. For me, I, I enjoyed hearing him predict the calls. I know some people have complained saying it ruins the game, actually. Because I know what's going to happen before it happens then. You know, once again, you can't, can't, I'm not kidding. It was, Mike, it was the mad dog who went bananas. out about it. You know how many times he's wrong? <laughs> so, like, yeah, he had a good game the other day, but I think I think it's a little bit overblown. Um, yeah, some of you know, there's so many of the silly props and crossover props, but here's what I find interesting, and you know, no, Cody Parkey's not playing in this game, but will yes, will yes, I, I love point, this one, love this one. Yeah, will, will an extra point hit the upright or or a field goal attempt? So you get both. Yet I dug down deeper here. Crossbar doesn't count. Oh, I thought he did say crossbar. I'm, uh, no. I thought crossbar. I mean, that, it's, that's only on a long one anyway. So, you know, I'm not really worried about the crossbar. Odds are it'll be the post. Yes, yeah, so crossbar doesn't count. So, basically, though, it's plus 700, guys. That's why 
put twenty bucks. You put twenty bucks down, you get one hundred and forty bucks back, right? It's not bad. You, you, can, you can bet no that it's not going to happen, right? You can say no, yes, but that's what are like, the odds they don't on that? It, um, you'd have to bet. Uh, $15 to win one, $150 <laughs> to win. It's minus $1,500. So you'd have to bet $1,500 to win $100. It's not worth it. But no, the thing is, guys, like, think about this, Scott. So there's going to be a lot of points in this game, I believe. All right? So there's going to be points. I think they're going to get to the 60s. Therefore, there's going to be field goal attempts. There's going to be extra pin attempts. And numerous ones. And for some reason, I've seen Guskowski do this, too. Guskowski's a great kicker, Will. He'll drill a 52-yard field goal. You see this all the time, George, in a new NFL. Kicker will hit a 54-yard Buddy on the Bills, um, Hoshka does this all the time. Hoshka will drill a 54-yard field goal in the wind in the stadium of Buffalo. And then he clanks it off the upright on the extra point. Right? I don't know, man. Like, I've seen Guskowski get extra points and hit the upright. Even Zerline as good as he is. Uh, hey, if you're trying a 60-yard field goal, you can hit the upright. It can happen. A plus 700, it's definitely worth a sprinkle. That's the thing for me. I, I don't think it's worth a sprinkle. But see, if I'm betting my life or if I'm betting my, my house, yes, I'm going to bet they're not going to do it. Because right, odds are they're not. But for that game to set it, for 20 bucks to get 7-1 odds, I'll take my chance that happens. I'm not going to bet $1,000 on a Dan. I do understand that odds are it's not likely to happen. But some of these props, I'm looking at the ones that are pretty much 500 and above. 5-1 to one and above. Those are the ones I'm going to go for. Because all, all, hey, all I need to do is hit one of them. And I'll be plus for the day. I'll be good. So if I play, you know, if I do hit 25 props and, you know, 6 or 7 of them are of that length, I need to hit one, maybe two, and I'm good. And so that's what I like about it. But I just, Scott, I think you're reading it the wrong way. I, we all understand. Odds, it's not going to happen. I get that. You know, but, yeah, but I I'm, say, I'm saying odds are very long against it happening. You want to throw away 20 bucks, go ahead. But, you know, both of these guys only miss, miss one extra point this year, and two of them well, are miss. in football. This guy hit it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, but if, if, if it's a little doink, that counts as a miss. So that they've only missed. Not necessarily. All it has to do. That's the beautiful. That's the, that's the beautiful thing about the bat. It can hit the upright and go in. Win. We're going to will it to happen at plus 700. I'm definitely betting that. And I, I love the over. Is a force here? <laughs> I love the over on uh, the long field goal. Was it 45 and a half? Or I'll be taking that yeah, too. Indoors, yeah, yeah. both good kickers. I'd be shocked if that doesn't come in. Yeah, I, I, you know, I've been cashing that. That's one of my... Uh, one right. of your favorites, I know. Yeah, yeah, I've been, I've been doing that one for a while. All right, George Kirk's with us. Are you hanging, George, or are you out now? I'll hang. All right, well, we'll get some more Super Bowl predictions. We'll run through some of the playoffs, actually. We'll get the over-unders on, on what they think with the players. Uh, we're going to talk some DFS a little bit later on. Super Bowl DFS, the ADFS. Game time decisions. Red Rage Radio continues. Hey, you 
know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fancy Sports Radio Network. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fancy Sports Radio Network app. The Fancy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fancy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fancy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Game time is Red Heat Rage Radio. Powered by Daily Roto. Daily Roto.com partnership with Data Golf is back for 2019 with the all new premium fantasy golf and betting tools. Check out the all new lineup optimizer with custom set and advanced group. It's real cool, actually, the golf optimizer. Got something for everyone DFS, uh, top 10 betters, um, future players, tournament players, customizable projections for FanDuel and DraftKings, ownership projections, PGA finish probabilities, and simulator. Outright and top 20 market betting tools, head-to-head and three-ball betting tools, PGA Pro tips, subscriber chat, and more. Go to dailyroto.com, click on Go Premium, choose Golf, enter promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. That's dailyroto.com. Click on Go Premium, click on Golf, enter promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. All right, so the King, Scott Engel, uh, with us, and uh, Scott's actually already worked on... Um, an advanced cheat sheet uh, for next year's uh, running back uh, fantasy uh, football that uh, we'll touch on later. George Kurtz uh, with us as well. We're talking Super Bowl uh, props. A player that, you know what, there's so many props out here. We'll just start throwing them out here. Um, Rob Gronkowski, I'll start with you, George. What are you expecting from Gronkowski in this game? The over-under for catches for Gronk is three and a half. And I was talking with Dink Meyer yesterday, and I like to pick uh, you know Dink Meyer's brain and sort of correlate what he thinks from a fantasy perspective in a betting because he's so smart. So I said, what do you think about Gronkowski? And he said, you know, the prop is three and a half. He said, I'd be more inclined to take him to get a touchdown than to get four catches. And Agreed. The prop, for, the, the prop for Gronkowski is plus 170 or plus 180, uh, George. What do you think about Gronk and, and the impact that he has on this football game? Yeah, I like Drew's thinking that. I would think the same thing. Uh, if you forced me, I'm not, I won't touch that prop because I think the number is pretty much right on. It'll be three or four catches. I would take the under if you force me to do it, but I won't be putting any money on it. I don't, I wonder this though. Will they look to him more because it could be his final game if you're going to play that angle there? But I think he's going to stay in and block. I think he's going to stay in and block more. All right. Hang in there, guys. We're going to take a, we'll have a quick uh, minute update. We're running with a new format. Cam's not here right now. Hang in there, guys. We appreciate it. We'll give you some Super Bowl prop winners on the other side. Game time decisions. Ready at Rage Radio, Fantasy Sports Radio Networks. Hey, thanks for.
for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Hey, Coach Alvin Gentry said that Julius Randle has been ruled out of Tuesday's game versus the Rockets, according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. Randle's team, the Pelicans, plan to listen to offers for Anthony Davis, but won't make a deal before next Thursday's trade deadline unless they're offered an overwhelming package. The Lakers are hopeful that LeBron James can play Thursday against the Clippers. In the NFL, Rams coach Sean McVay said Todd Gurley will, quote, be a big part of this game. And in baseball, John Hammond of FanCred reports that the Reds are, quote, making progress in talks with the Marlins regarding a trade for JT Ramuto. Hammond also reports that the Padres are considering free agent Mike Moustakis. And the Toronto Blue Jays have signed infielder Freddie Galvis to a one-year $5 million contract. Mark Feinstein of MLB.com reports that the deal does include a club option for 2020. I'm Dan Strafford, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. I hate to say it, but I think the show, uh, we're almost going to have to get uh, sponsorship with the Pets. Uh, not enough time to go to the bathroom during these breaks, George. <laughs> I don't know what kind of problems you have. I can make it to the bathroom in two minutes and back. I don't need pens. Michelle and Corey uh, would is, never survive. No, exactly. My deal is uh, if I don't make it back, I don't make it back. <laughs> I'd rather, I'd rather, yeah, just say I make it back on time. Well, the uh, studio is great. You got to run out the door and run down the stairs. They got like, what, 38,000 oh, stairs. God. You got to go down there and then hop back up. You got to get your exercise in. Cardano's looking out for our, uh, our cardiovascular health at the same time. Look, I do a lot of shows. should be a bathroom stuff, in the studio. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would work yeah, exactly. out well. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, like, people actually, you know, see, you know, if somebody asked me, like, what's the hardest part about hosting a TV show or radio show for, like, hours on end? And I tell them, the bathroom. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's not like a NASCAR driver, Scott, where they just go anyways. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, maybe, like, maybe, uh, maybe we need to get a sponsorship from NASCAR you know, get something in the seat for you. To me, the hardest. Well, no, part that's is, it. So. Instead of the pants, like we'll get those special, like exactly the special pants. Yeah. They don't feel it, and yeah, like there's. Yeah, I don't even exactly. want to know how the, how they roll. Um, but, all right, well, so. when I was hosting Sunday for six hours. Uh, you, you know, uh, on Sunday, the biggest thing to me is when am I going to get to eat? Yeah, I just I just eat on the air now too. When you're on the air so much, you just decide, you know what, you gotta you gotta live. <laughs> so yeah, I just live I live my life on the air now. It's just, it's just the way I roll. All right, Scott. So Rob Gronkowski, what's your take on uh, Gronk uh, King coming into this football game? Is it, it could be his last game? It might not be his last game. We don't know. Well, when you look at that prop bet, Gronkowski 
out of 20 games this out of uh, 19 games this year, he's caught less than three passes five times. So that's that's almost a quarter of the time. So I'm, I'm going to want to take the over on the prop bet. You know, especially when you consider it's the Super Bowl. Gronkowski made some real key catches last week against Kansas City. Uh, for him not to be involved at all, which is basically what would happen if he was to go under on that, I can't see that. You know, he's not going to catch. Uh, you know, eight passes for like 120 yards and a touchdown or two like he used to. But I, I think he's gonna, they're still going to look to a lot on the key downs there. And, uh, you know, he, he still gets a lot of defensive respect, etc. I'm expecting Rob Gronkowski to probably catch about four or five passes and maybe get in the end zone. I was leaning with the over as well. I like the, the end zone um, prop. Somebody's got to score at uh, plus 170, plus 180. You know, guys, I actually pretty much like the over on all of the New England Patriot wide receiver props. Like, George, look, like, uh, like Julian Edelman is six and a half. Chris Hogan is two and a half. Um, so you, Rob Gronkowski is three and a half. So Tom Brady's over under for completion. What is Philip Dorsett? Uh, Philip Dorsett's probably like two and three and a half, two and a half. I'll get you Philip Dorsett. So my point is, and I'll get you Dorsett's number in a second here, Scott, but Tom Brady is going to complete 30 plus passes. That's what he does. He throws the ball all the time, and he's going to complete passes. He's got to complete them to someone. I mean, James White's not going to catch 20 passes this week. So, you know, basically, you spread it around, and it's almost like every one of these sort of key Patriot guys, like Gronk over three and a half, Hogan two and a half is too low. It's three at some spots now. And um, and then Edelman's at six and a half, which I don't think is too low. I think Edelman will have like uh, nine That's perfect. Catches. That's perfect. And with Hogan, that's very interesting because the last three games, five, three, and six catches. So you you could try I going over with Hogan week. even if it's four. <laughs> And I like, I like, it's like a stock. We're buying low, you know, with Hogan yeah. here. You know, like, you don't How many really people are going to pay you attention know, to that, too? Well, last week, everyone laughed at me when I took her two weeks ago when I took it against the, the Chiefs. Hogan hasn't done anything. They're crazy. It was two and a half. And get this, Hogan was silenced in the first half. <laughs> and he had like five catches uh, in the second, four or five uh, catches. All right, so Dorsett actually is two and a half, but plus 150 to the over. So you're getting nice money if you think he's going to catch three balls. It's funny you bring up Dorsett, Scott, because what do you think about Dorsett scoring a touchdown? Like, there's always that random non-star guy that scores a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Is it Philip Dorsett? I don't think so. I think he's got his one postseason touchdown already because, you know, I think Brady's really going to attack with the short pass. He, you know, I think it was against, against the Chargers where he did it. And it's not something that he usually does to dial up, you know, that long pass. Uh, you know, Philip Dorsett only has only scored four touchdowns this year. If you want to include, if you want to include the postseason and two of them came in the first four weeks, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's week four. He's only had two touchdowns, so I'm not going to bet on it. 
I like I like the research. I like the backup data here, Scott. But as like me and George were talking about, that's why you get the big odds, right? And in the Super Bowl, you sort of have to throw that stuff out, Scott. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, everything that happened in the year, the stats, you know, the the teams in the playoffs, they normally generally superstars, too. They get their numbers taken away because the other team attacks them and take away what you want to do. So that secondary tier guy uh, steps up. All right, let's let's play some. Well, like, where, 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 where in the past Super Bowls with Tom Brady uh, have we seen that? You know, what, what are some of those? Nobody, nobody thought Dion Branch was going to be the MVP before yeah, the Dion Branch won the MVP. Dion Branch was going to be you, you know, Dion Branch was going to be involved. Well, who can you name me? You know, in past Super Bowls in the New England Patriots is that guy that really stepped up and caught a, a, a touchdown pass that really that really wasn't expected to last year. The guys that, I think that Mike scored Rabel for the Patriots caught a touchdown pass in a Super Bowl for them. Last year's Super Bowl, it was you know, the guys that scored for them were like Garrett Blunt, James White, Chris Hogan. And Gronkowski. Garrett Blunt, uh, was he on the Eagles? I'm sorry. I forgot that he was on the Eagles. So forget Blunt for the the Patriots. For the Patriots, it was was Gronkowski twice. It was was Hogan. All right. No, Chris Hogan would have played nice last year. Nobody would have thought that Chris Hogan's going to get a touchdown. I don't think that would be so out of the realm of possibility. Well, put it this way. Chris Hogan is 16 to 1 to get the first touchdown of the game. 16 to 1 to get the last touchdown of the game. Plus 187. So if you think and that's not enough, high, that's not high enough for me. If Chris Hogan scores a touchdown, plus 187 odds. All right, we'll hit this on the other side. More props. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. All right, game time decision. Fred Heat Break Radio continues Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Let's uh, let's continue the uh, the prop talk. But uh, George uh, George has some problems with some of Scott's uh, math. Uh, actually, uh, he tried to you know he started dropping four of eighteen and he started you know starting to quantify things and sounded like a Hall of Famer to me, George. But you you caught some holes in the numbers. Well, he did a, he did a little lawyerism. He said less than three. You know, so he's not counting the, th- the number of games he had three, ca- like Gronk had three catches in. Where if you count that, which means you're still a loser because the overrun is three and a half, now you're up to nine of 18, not five of 18. And it's 18, not 19 games. I had a bye week there. Yeah, but so, you can't uh, catch three and a half passes, so. But three is a loser. That's all that matters. I don't care uh, if he catches a half or not. Three is a loser in this bet. You know, I feel three, if I'm he can catch happy. three, then, then, he, then he can hit the over. Because you can't he catch catches, three and a half That's passes. the final number, Scott. In his games this season, he's had nine games with zero catches, one catches, two catches, three. That's the number you brought up. I'm just following it for you. You know, you, you said less than yeah, three. The number, the number, zero, the number one, is two. three and a half. So he's either. He, so, so zero, one, two, three. He can't, he can't loser. catch three and a half. 
Wow, you're thick. My God. It's a loser. You, you, if you had three catches, you lost. You can't say, well, he can catch four. Well, if he has two catches, he could catch four. But I he only understand had two. where you're coming from. You say, yes, I agree that three and a half and a, not a loser. Watch so, out. So what do you me. say? It is a loser. Even though, you play, even though you play hockey, I can fight, okay? What I'm saying is, is, that, is that three is a loser, okay? But what I'm saying is, if I feel he can get to three, then I think he can, certainly has a good shot of cracking the over. All right, so listen to this. This is where I'm going to say that the the logic gets tossed out the window here. A good example is last week I bet Jared Goff over, it was like over 274 and a half passing yards against the New Orleans Saints. Once again, people thought I was nuts. They were like, oh, look at his numbers. 186, 199, 216. So in fact, if you look over his last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven football games, he's only thrown for like more than 216 yards twice uh, actually, but I like him to go over in this game. I think Jared Goff goes over 278 and a half passing yards. So this were, and during the regular season, I do rely on sort of past regular season performances. Players will sort of be within that realm of what their stats are in the regular season, but I do feel in the playoffs, all bets are off, so to speak. You've got to sort of break it down from one game. Not from what's happened, what's going to happen. And we saw last week when Jared Goff was forced to throw the football. That's the thing. The Rams, the other fallacy that we hear often, too, is the Rams haven't played well down the stretch. That's something that we heard constantly. Oh, the Rams didn't play well down the stretch. You know the Rams are on a 4-0 ATS run right now. They're 4-0 straight up and against the spread, which happens to be their longest streak of the season. (laughs) So it's just funny, like, perception of reality. But I think Jared Goff goes over the number. So I'll ask you here first, Scott. Jared Goff over under 278 and a half passing yards in this football game. I'm going to say under, and I understand where you're coming from. And I, I, I lost that argument with George. I just tried to hang on uh, for entertainment's sake. But, uh, but. I think he's going to go under because you know just the, the Patriots just game plan so well. I believe that I don't think he'd go over, but I understand where you're coming from that, okay, you know, the last four games or so, like since week 12, uh, he hadn't been good in terms of passing, but the thing is with the NFL, you can never look to the previous week as an example because the team is going to game plan differently a lot every time they come out based on an opponent or what they didn't do well the previous game. And the Rams were leading a lot, Scott. And the Rams yeah. are leading a lot. So yeah, if the Rams a lot are of variables that go into it. You just yeah, you can't look at the numbers you know, in a vacuum. You can't look at the numbers in a vacuum there. Uh, but you know, the Patriots game plan so well that I, I believe he won't go over 278. What do you say, George, over or under? You know, my problem with this is I sort of lean towards Scott because what about Gurley? What can he do? You know, uh, is Belichick? I think he is Gurley is healthy. If, if Gurley was healthy, I think Belichick would everything he could to stop him, and that would lead to Goff going over, because that, that would be where uh, he'd want to stop. And Goff would have a, a, a better time. But I don't know if Belichick's afraid of Gurley because Gurley's obviously hurt. He can. I think they're all lying and saying he's fine. I think it's all it's all bull crap. He's hurt. So I don't know if Belichick's going to feel the need to, to uh, spend that extra ammunition on stopping Gurley, which is he may pay more attention to the passing game. So it, once again, this is one I would not touch. But I do sort of lean towards the under here. But I have a funny feeling that Gurley's not going to do anything. Neither is C.J. Anderson. And now they're going to be forced to throw more. This is why I won't touch the bet. 
All right, so Tom Brady, nothing's free money. So I don't like the term, oh, they're giving money away on this. But in, in, in another instance, you look at Tom Brady in these big games, and it's pretty much rinse and repeat. And we saw against the, the Los Angeles Chargers, 34 44, 343 yards. Um, we saw last week against the Kansas City Chiefs, 30 of 46 uh, for 348 yards. I mean, even in a regular season, all right, 24-33, that was against the Jets. They won 38-3. So you see what I'm saying? Like, even when they're winning 38-3, he still completes you know, mid-20 passes because of all just the quick, their sort of controlled run game that is really a pass game, right? They pass. That's their run. The little screen plays to White, etc. So it's rinse and repeat. And here we have the, the props at 25-and-a-half and 287-and-a-half for Tom Brady. And I'll be walking up to the window on Saturday night at the FanDuel Sportsbook, taking the over in both these props, George. Give me over yeah. 25 and a half completions and over 287 and a half passing yards for Tom Brady. Yeah, this is where another place where I think... Uh you know, when people look at statistics and look at, oh, the Rams rushing defense sucks. You know, it's been one of the worst in the NFL, but it was different over the last month of the season, uh, especially in the playoffs now. Maybe it's maybe it's because Dominic and Sue cares all of a sudden, and maybe he didn't care for the first uh, 12, 14 games, whatever it might be. But all of a sudden, they've been able to stop the run more, so I don't think I don't think New England's going to run crazy on them, which I think is going to force Brady to throw. And it'll be even through the short passing games, they add up. You know, to Edelman, to James White, it'll add up. Uh, I'll go over here as well, mainly because I don't think the rushing attack is going to be all that successful. Uh, Scott, Tom Brady, hard to make an argument to the under, isn't it? It's hard. Uh, you know, that's who Brady is. It's if they can't run the ball, like George says, you know, if we seem to do it back to the days of Kevin Falk, where they use the flat and uh, short pass as an extension of the running game. So as many times as you're going to be throwing to James White, you think he's got to hit the over on the completions. Tom Brady doesn't throw the deep ball like he used to. Nikel Roby Coleman's, uh, you know, right in that regard, but he doesn't have to. You know, it's now it's about just a ton of high percentage passes. Yeah, they can run the ball if they have to, but uh, you know, like George says, they've been better against the playoffs. They they shut down Ezekiel Elliott, and uh, they didn't let Alvin Kamara <laughs> gain a lot of yardage. So uh, yep. you know, Sony Michelle. Look, I like Sony Michelle. He gets better every time I see him, but the yardage is going to be much tougher to hum- come by. I think that linebackers have been playing better in the playoffs. So Julian Edelman, six and a half receptions. It's like minus 140, minus 150 at some spots. It might be an even seven receptions at some spots so you get the push. At seven, he would have to catch eight. I would probably rather just lay the juice and and get it, you know, at six and a half up to, to see so these seven receptions. But Brady just looks to him so often here, George. I mean, I know it's an obvious bet, but uh, somebody just sent me a tweet too. Uh, Roby Coleman rating allowed in man-to-man coverage. Uh, the rating 109.3 worst coverage Julian Edelman's uh, rating 130.9 uh, in this situation, Edelman, the, the Chiefs couldn't figure it out last week, and Sud lost a job because of it. I don't know. They they kept putting a linebacker on him, and it was like ridiculously stupid when they had him in third down. I don't know how the Rams are going to attack this. I mean, Ro, you know, Roby Coleman's going to have a hard time. I could see Marcus Peters on him a bit, and I think Peters will do better against Edelman than he did against than he does against Thomas, who's more of a big physical wide receiver. But Edelman, I don't like him. I think. He's a jerk. And when the Patriots lose, I like watching Edelman lose. As a fan, like I said, he 
bothers me. The guy runs his mouth so freaking much to other players on the field that he's lucky that the league is, like, biased uh, because uh, that ball hit his freaking thumb last week. But Edelman's going over six and a half catches. Oh, easy. Second leading postseason receiver of all time by Jerry Rice. Is he really? Yes. Wow. I guess I got to tip my cap to him then, even though I think he's a jerk, huh? <laughs> yep. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Uh, tweets in. He says uh, he likes Clam Chowder's thinking. Chris Hogan's going to be a hero in this game. I'm taking him to score a touchdown. Hogan's over hero. receptions and over in yards. Keep on Clam Chowdering. What up, Big Merce? You know, here's a good prop, guys, we haven't talked about. Um, the, the odds are pretty juicy. And, George, you're talking about you liking these uh, underdog type of props. Will there be a successful two-point conversion in the football game? And I believe there, you know, there probably will be. There's, it's gonna, there's gonna be some weird, crazy. I think, I think the game is gonna be a crazy, high-scoring game. So I, at some point, somebody's gonna go for two, and if they do, there's a good chance they get it at plus two seventy-five. So no is minus four hundred. <laughs> And I don't really see why anyone would risk that and know at minus 400 in this. And you could bust out, wow, they only had this many successful two-point conversions all year. Well, they didn't play in the Super Bowl all year. It's different. So now now it's the Super Bowl. At plus 275, do you think a successful two-point conversion is worth a look? I think so. I wish it was uh, higher. Which was higher. I, 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 not this, money away. I do think there's going to be a successful two point conversion, though. I, uh, you know, if you just ask me straight up about that, uh, especially if one one team is trailing by saying that more than the touchdown, a good shot, it's going to happen. George, I'm going to pull the trigger on this one. Yeah, I just wish it was uh, probably more like three fifty, four hundred uh, as far as the uh, the odds are. But I agree with Scott because I think there will be a team trailing. I think that's the key there. You know, and they maybe they forced to go it. And I think, in, you know, sometimes with Super Bowl guys, we've seen it over the years. Coaches make weird decisions. They panic a little bit. So generally, you know, I think the old law rule is, you know, you don't really go for a two point conversion in the fourth quarter and the uh, the numbers say you should. But I can see them doing it differently here, especially McVeigh, if things don't work out his way, where they go for it earlier than they should. So uh, I think they'll. Definitely Definitely be one successful, and that is really the, the key there. I'll, I'll hope for it. That's one I'll probably every one of my five ten dollar bets. Nothing big. 
I brought something up earlier today, actually, on the morning show. I got to find it uh, here. Uh, will Tom Brady's uh, first pass of the game be a completion or an incompletion? And it's like plus 180. Here it is. First offensive play of the game. What will happen? All right. No, that's just a runner pass. Um, Tom Brady, though, in eight Super Bowls, he's four for eight with his first pass of the game, which somewhat surprised me a little bit. So he's four for eight. This is ninth Super Bowl. And um, it's like plus 180 that it's incomplete. So just, you know, mathematically as well, first play of the game, jitters, nerves, even for Brady. Um, I, you know, you're sort of, it's a roll of the dice, that one. We call that the crack cocaine uh, prop because you're going to win or lose, basically, on you know, the first. You know, you're going to know early whether you won or lost that prop. But he's four for eight, Scott. And I'm sure you guys, I don't know if you guys remember this, but I just saw this stat earlier to sort of jarred my memory about this. You know, Tom Brady had never scored a point. The Patriots had never scored a point in the Super Bowl in the first quarter. Before last year, they scored three. Wow. So, yeah, I've seen yeah. it get off to slow starts, though. It's not that surprising. Yeah, if you think about it, even off the top of our heads, like pretty much every Super Bowl they've been in, they had a slow start. The Atlanta game, they were down 28-3. Um, I remember, the, you know, years ago when they beat Carolina, it was like 6-3, it's a half. Um, you know, pretty much like, you know, even the Seattle game opened up in the second half. And where I'm going with this is, so you could take a look at, you know, Patriot total points, you know, in, in the first quarter. But I think a better prop here is will there be more points scored in the first half or the second half of the game? And it's minus 130 second half. It's not that bad. The odds aren't that bad. And there really should be more points in the second half of this football game. Wouldn't surprise me if it started out a little slow in the first seven to ten minutes. Picks up, you know, as the second quarter goes, start to pick up. And then just sort of all hell breaks loose after in the second half. That's what we've seen in a lot of big football games over the years. Yeah, it's you know, the moment. Uh, we've seen it a lot with the Patriots, just uh, when they started so fast against Kansas City, uh, I think they really wanted to make a statement, and they had to. Uh, but, you know, Bill Belichick is the master of in-game adjustments. Uh, last year, he, last week, though, he just came out and out-coached Andy, Andy Reid. Andy Reid wasn't aggressive enough out of the gate, which is... <laughs> You know, I guess we can't be shocked about that, but I thought that maybe, you know, he had lost that uh, trepidation. Um, this is one that I've had my eye on all week here. And, you know, I'm starting to, I'm starting to waver on a little bit. It's interesting because the numbers have changed on it. It's an all or nothing. It's either, yeah, that was a really easy bet, George, or, well, yeah, that, that, the number was sharp. Total punts in the football game. Total punts. So last year in the Super Bowl, there was one punt. There was one freaking punt last year in the Super Bowl. The Patriots punted once. The Eagles didn't punt. Um, yet the year before, it was a weird situation. The Patriots sucked in the first half and punted all the time. And and the Falcons sucked in the second half and punted all the time. And there ended up being 10 punts. I don't think one team's going to suck in the first half or second half here. And I do think there's going to be some, some, some success offensively. And I I think there'll be some long field goals or at least long field goal attempts um, that'll that'll eat the clock up and it'll avoid punts. I don't think there's going to be eight punts in this game, but the betting market disagrees because uh, now it's minus 125 to the over. What do you think of a punt, Scott? Uh, well, what's the, what's the over again? I'm sorry. 
Seven and a half. Uh, I'm going to take the under. I, I think these two two teams are proficient uh, too much offensively for there to be seven punts. I'm thinking about like four or five punts here. Although my prediction, and just call it a gut, that if the Rams win the toss, they're going to go three and out. And that will be one of the punts. But I just don't think you're going to see a lot. I think there's a high scoring game. I'm thinking about 65, 68 points. Uh, I agree. I think we get into the the, the low 60s, mid 60s. I give well, your 65 assessment. You know, even you know 30, 27, 31, 28, maybe extremely high 50s. I would say. What's your take on the punts, George? Yeah, I, I hadn't seen that prop in my little uh, travails through the uh, the prop bets. And when you were going through it, I, I haven't put a number in my head. And my number was six. So when you said seven, I'm, I'm with Scott. I'm taking the under. You know, I think it may – I would be surprised if it's three or four. I think – I forget which one you said it. I think there will be long field goal tries. I think both these teams with Guskowski and Zerline. We saw Zerline. I mean, the Rams didn't even play to get less than a 50-yard field goal game winning last week. They were playing for that long field goal. They trusted him that much. And we know Goskowski's got a leg as well. So uh, I'm going to take the under here. I agree with Scott. Yeah, let's go under uh, with punch. This next one is interesting. And uh, this is a prop that I like to play during the regular season. Um, I like to play it during the regular season. It normally depends. I've seen it as high as six and a half. Oftentimes, it'll be five and a half. Generally, though, the, the number is four and a half. Like the average, sort of like for a long field goal prop in a game. I bet it all the time in a regular season. It's usually 44 and a half or 45 and a half yards. So when you play a total sack prop, it's generally four and a half, five and a half. And here, it's three and a half, guys. Three and a half sacks in this football game. Now, I should note it's minus 150 to the over at three and a half. So that means it would be four, even money in some spots. So three and a half over sacks. Scott, I'll start with you on this one. We know that Tom Brady's difficult to sack. And Aaron Donald's really the only one that really gets a lot of pressure on the quarterback. But he did have 20 and a half sacks uh, this year. And then conversely, the Patriot defense has played well uh, in in the playoffs. Three and a half feels a little low to me, even with a Tom Brady game. Because Brady gets rid of the ball so damn fast. Three and a half sounds kind of high to me. It's Brady hasn't been sacked at all during the playoffs, and I believe uh, what was it, just about twenty times during the regular season. So it's really to me about how many times that Jared Goff is going to get sacked. And I don't know if it's the Patriots' offensive line. There's a great article on RotoExperts.com right now from Davis Maddock previewing the pat the passing game from a next gen stats perspective perspective, and that he talks about just how great the Patriots' offensive line is, but. Over the last three weeks, Jared Goff has just been sacked one time. So I'm going to go with the yeah, the old line I'm of the Rams. Been great. Here. Yeah, I'm going to go the with old the line. Under here. Yeah, I like it's this freaking guy. low number though. You do, eh? So under under three and a half sacks. It's a low number, Scott. I hear, I hear the logic of it. I totally get it. It's a low number though. I mean, I can see Jared Goff drop back to pass a couple of times, not see it's something. Gotta be, it's got to be good. coverage sacks. You know, it really has to be coverage yeah. sacks for you to win that bet because. 
they feel like Stephen Gilboa, Gilboa, who had the highest coverage rating for any pro football, uh, any uh, defensive back this year, uh, for any quarterback this year, and second for any defensive back on pro football focus, they feel that he can cover anybody one-on-one, and then they maybe could double up on Woods, etc. So it's got to be coverage sacks, but then if Gurley is healthy enough after two weeks of rest, he could throw the Gurley out of the backfield. So it's a very dicey bet. What do you make of a sack prop, George? <laughs> I, I think they obviously they want you to bet the over because it is a low number here. But but I agree with Scott. I mean, what Brady? Maybe they get him down once. Maybe maybe he's going to get rid of that bull. He's not taking hits if he doesn't have to be. It would have to be coverage sacks here. And that Rams offensive line has been fantastic. I mean, they dominated the Cowboys defensive line. I don't know what the hell was going on there, but it's like they knew what exactly what uh, DeMarcus Lawrence and those guys would be. And the Pages don't have that good uh, defensive line. Uh, they were pretty good against the Saints as well here. And that was on the road in New Orleans where they couldn't hear anything. Uh, I'm going to agree with Scott. I think it is an incredibly no, low number. In some ways, it smells like a sucker bet, but uh, I'm going to take the under as well. C.J. Anderson, will he catch a pass? Yes or no? Because the number is 0.5. Will C.J. Anderson catch a pass? Uh, that feels oh to boy. me the type of thing you take the over with. You roll the dice on the over, right? I but think you roll, roll the dice again, on the over. Once again, we don't know. He, he we don't know really about Todd Gurley. Gurley. It's Gurley, yeah. He has been I'll go with the over, right. though. I'll take my yeah, chances. Catch one ball, C.J. One. And don't drop it. One ball. One. be for a touchdown. You know what? He's actually caught passes in four straight games. No, no, my bad. My bad. He didn't catch one in the... He was targeted. He caught a pass against the Saints. He caught three passes in the last regular season. All right, we'll keep George for one last segment. We'll get some uh, of his last wing props on the way out. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. All right, the show's just fly, uh, flying by here this afternoon. Still wanted yeah. to. I was uh, curious to see who uh, Scott was looking uh, looking at for for next year's running backs. But we're going to get to it, Scott. I promise. We'll blast through these uh, props. Uh, we'll keep angle for another segment. We'll talk a little fancy uh, football on the way out uh, with Scott. Then we'll let Scott eat dinner, and I'll get into my best bets. But let's blast through the receivers here. So we don't need to go in depth as far as too much. But your gut feel, and you know, this is one of your last times to be on the record, at least with us. Uh, so you can say next week, hey, look, I told you. You know, he was going to have a big game. So Brandon Cooks, five and a half. I was liking Cooks over five and a half, but I'm getting worried about Gilmore being all over him. And I'm also thinking I, I prefer the Cooks yardage prop because Cooks is going to have an impact on the game. He's going to make some plays, but he might not catch six balls. It wouldn't surprise me if he caught four balls, ran a reverse sweep, and had, you know, 118 yards or something. But, you know, the, 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 the five and a half catches, I'm starting to get a little bit of cold feet. I was thinking over earlier in the week, I'm, 
I, I don't like it anymore. George, I start with you. Brandon Cooks over under five and a half. I'm going under here. Listen, I like it what you said. I think they could get him the ball in other situations with sweeps or power, whatever, uh, end arounds, but I don't think he's going to get five and a half. That's, that's 88 catches during the year. Gilmore's going to be there. They're not going to. I don't think they're going to let Cooks beat them. Um, Scott? Brandon Cooks. Yeah, five I, I, I agree with you guys. All of the yardage is going to be there, and I'm going to say touchdown. This is the ultimate revenge game for Brandon Cooks. It is, and last week he got the revenge against the Saints too. You imagine if he beats the Saints and then well, the what Pats. a track, right, for him to beat his former yeah. two teams to win a ring, right? And two teams that really didn't want him. That's yeah. the thing. Like the Saints pushed him out for Michael Thomas, and the Patriots, he never really clicked. He didn't fit in there. He never really was, you know, one of them. And you know what's funny? He was open all the time. Brady just couldn't get in the ball uh, down the field. So C.J. Anderson. It's a tough one, but if you you know if you want to have a little fun, you're like, yeah, I want to get action. I'd go over. You know, it's one catch, guys. One catch. Yeah, I, it's, I it's think a, uh, he can continue to split reps with Gurley there. Uh, I, I don't know. Sometimes I have a weird hunch, and I'll see things in my head that'll happen. I see him catching a swing pass near the goal line for a touchdown. Um, I don't quite see that, see but I'm taking the over. I'm just seeing it Chris in my head. Hogan. I see it happening. I like it. I like the vision. Two and two and a half for Chris Hogan. It's three at some spots. It's minus one sixty to the over. I, lo- I love this one. I'll be betting this one. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I'll go on Easy. record. Yes, like I'll put like I'm going to put a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks maybe on this one. Like yeah, throw down half even, for me. I love it. Yeah, two hundred uh, on Hogan over as well. Two and a half. It's it's you know it's like a stock. We're buying low. All right, Corderell, uh, Corderell Patterson, one and a half at plus money. One and a half plus money. Scott Patterson going to surprise us and uh, have a couple of snags in this game? Uh, I don't. I think he's going to have maybe one catch at the most. Uh, I don't think. I don't. I don't see them pulling anything devious with Corderell Patterson. I don't think they need to. Uh, George Corderell Patterson, one and a half. And once again, this is one where I'm forced to bet the over. I mean, I'll, I'll two catches. I'll take my chances. I don't love it. I don't, but I'm going to bet it. I'm going to take the over there. How about Gerald Everett? Two and a half catches. We often talk about the Patriots taking away what you want to do. Uh, what about Gerald Everett? Over under two and a half. Scott Engel. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go over there. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling kind of gutsy with with that. You know, if they're, they're going to concentrate so much on Woods and Cooks, uh, Goff could have to look elsewhere, and I don't know how healthy Gurley is. I agree in that, you know, their number one, I think their number one priority is they're going to feel out, okay, what's the deal here? What's the deal with Gurley? They're going to know early. All right, C.J. Anderson, they're probably not losing sleep over, although Anderson can be effective, at least moving the sticks a bit for them. Cooks is a big, big, you know, threat. Woods is a big threat. You know, that leaves Josh Reynolds. That leaves Gerald Everett, right? So Gerald Everett only had two catches, though, in the last game against the New Orleans Saints. Just one of them happened to be a monster one for 50 yards and a very critical one. I can't go over here. Yeah, I'm not saying under George, but I wouldn't bet the over. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't touch this bet. They've been using Higby somewhat more. I mean, Higby has seven catches in his last three games. Everett only two. 
I mean, uh, and once again, it could be game plan specific, but uh, I wouldn't touch this one. I think that's the bottom line here. But if you force me to, I would. Phew, uh, two, I mean, I hate going one or two catches. That's what you're hoping for here. But I would have to go under. But I would. Uh, I'm not. Well, here's a guy that not a lot of people have heard of in James Devlin. But I got to tell you, I don't know if you guys remember the catch he made last week. Hell of a catch. <laughs> like, I saw that. Uh, he's he's yeah, played a big a catch. game with them before, too. So his his over under for reception also zero point five. So essentially, will he catch a pass or not? I'm going to say no. But any props involving Devlin scoring a touchdown, as he did two weeks in a row, once during the regular season, those become more fun for people. Will Devlin vulture? Uh, Sony Michelle. Uh, people always want to know that. As far as him catching a pass, uh, I'm, I'm not playing with it. A Devlin touchdown. Let me get you the odds on that. George, what do you think? Devlin, you going to catch a pass? I mean, I'd, I'd go with Scotty here, uh, but it's a complete guessing game. If you like the you know little... 12 to 1 if he scores a touchdown. 12 to 1. He's caught Pretty a, good odds. He's, I'll take the odds on a touchdown, you know, just for the hell of it. But uh, he's caught a pass every other game for the past, I think, eight games now. But this would be the other. In other words, he would get zero this one. So, uh, I mean, if you believe in weird stats like that, little Pete Axtelm stats. But, uh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll say no. But I, I, well, I'll take... Well, one, he's I'll take tipping back to the archives for that mention. Pete Axel. Pete Axel. He was great. He had, some, he had some weird... He would come up with some weird crap. This is what George I like Pete. does. Everyone... He, he dives so deep that the millennials <laughs> listen to the show are like... No idea what I'm talking about. Yeah. No, they don't, they don't know Pete Axel. No, no. no. They, they, Want to they, eat Jimmy they, the Greek, they, they too? Don't... They they don't know. Uh, yeah, well, that's the thing. Jimmy the Greek was the popular one, but I was a big Pete Axel fan when I was a kid. I used to watch the NBC pregame show. CBS was a big one, obviously with you know Irv Cross and uh, and uh, you know, Phyllis, Phyllis George. Cross, Phyllis George, Phyllis, Phyllis George's George, yeah. daughter, Phyllis George's daughter is actually a. Um, She's like the justice reporter on CNN. Really? But anyways, um, I find that interesting. I had no idea. You, you know what I mean? They're like, yeah, my mother's Phyllis George. <laughs> what she was talking. You know Pamela what a lot of Brown, people don't know? You, you, you know the show Ballers, which I love? Do you watch that, Gabe? I know the show, but no, I don't watch it. Yeah, there's one guy on there. Is he actually Denzel Washington's son actually plays one of the lead characters on his, on his show. And I didn't even know it was him for like the whole first season that it was Denzel Washington's son, John David Washington, who's become a very prominent actor. All right. See, we're giving, we're giving people some Hollywood trivia now even. So this next one. I'm going to be betting this one. I lost last week with it. I fell for it because in the first playoff game, he he was targeted 17 freaking times, and he had 15 receptions. Last week, he was targeted like four times for four catches. But Belichick shakes the game plan, uh, game plan up every week, and I'm talking about James White. George, his over-under is five and a half in this game. The Rams have been susceptible and vulnerable uh, to the uh, pass-catching running back. Uh, uh, I do believe that James White will be heavily involved in this game. You can, you can dual thread it here. James White is five and a half receptions, 51 and a half yards. If you play them both, I think you go one and one at worst, but you probably go two and oh by playing this prop. James Woods over five and a half receptions, over James 51 Woods. and a half yards. James Woods. Uh, James Woods. <laughs> James, James White. Are we not going to do it? Hey, 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 James Woods High School. That's a Hollywood. Said it too? You can watch what happened. You started talking about actors, right? <laughs> I, I got sucked in. <laughs> James Woods High big, School. And James Woods is a big uh, poker player, too, so you can throw him in there for gambling. Uh, my only problem, it would have to be game plan specific. You look at James White. 
over his last, what is it, nine games. He's only gone over five and a half twice. One of those was the, was the monster game against the Chargers where he had 15 receptions and uh, won everybody uh, DFS. And the other game was seven against Minnesota in week 13. So uh, the numbers say, no, he won't do it. But I agree. I'm still going over here because I think it'll be part of the game plan. Get rid of the ball quick, Edelman White. What do you think, uh, Scott? James, not Woods. <laughs> well, uh, as I always do, I'm going to give credit for the game plan to the guy that never gets enough credit, Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels is always going to keep a defense on their toes. If we're expecting it, then the Rams are expecting it, and maybe they're not going to do it. So this becomes a risky bet because if everybody outside of the Rams uh Coaching room expects it. Well, they're expecting inside inside the Rams coaching room. Say they might want to do something different, but at the same time, can they really stop it? So I'm, I'm going to go over on both, but I'm not feeling great about it. Uh, I, I think Rex Burkhead might end up being the guy that uh, they all of a sudden, you know, they bust him out a little more more out of their bubble wrap, and instead of Michelle and Burkhead, all of a sudden Rex Burkhead might end up being a Super Bowl hero. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, Josh Reynolds, three and a half. Josh Reynolds, three and a half. I think there's got to be some trip down effect, doesn't it? I mean, if Belichick's taking over. away all the top guys. Yeah, uh, Davis Maddock on RotoExperts.com uh, did an article this week about next-gen stats that that no receiver in the NFL gets more cushion uh, per rep than Josh Reynolds. And uh, if the Rams are going to do that, then he's got to go over. Uh, targeted seven times, George, against the Saints, four catches. Against Dallas, just one catch uh, on four targets. Regular season, I mean, they mix it up. He's got four catches, what? You know, it's sort of like you, you know, we were talking, sort of alternates. You know, this would be a under game right. for him Another <laughs> when, when it comes to him. But what do, you, what, do you, what do you make of Josh Reynolds here in this game coming in? Because I'm talking about there has to be some of these secondary guys, that second-tier guys that make plays if the Rams are going to win. It's pretty simple. And Josh Reynolds would be a prime candidate for this. I agree with you. I agree. I, I think, listen, I think Gurley's, I think once again, is, a lot of this for me is on Gurley. If Gurley's not Gurley and I don't believe he is, they're going to have to throw the ball more. And uh, we can't keep saying under on everybody. You know, under on Everett. Under on Cooks. Someone's got to catch the ball besides Robert Woods here. So I'll go over on Reynolds. He'll be my guy. I agree. I agree. All right. Uh, Julian Edelman, we talked about earlier. We were all in agreement. Uh, Philip Dorsett, over under two and a half. We talked to him about him earlier, more about a, a from a touchdown uh, perspective. Rex Burkhead is one and a half. Rex Burkhead, one and a half. Ooh, I'm, I'm Rob Gronkowski. What, you like Burkhead over or under? You like over one and a I half? I like him over. That's, that, that's a nifty bet. Go lay that one down for us there, Gabe. George, what do you think? I agree Burkhead. with Scott. I agree with Scott. I'm actually, I very much agree with Scott. I think Burkett did. Uh, I like Scott's logic on uh, Burkett from before, by the way. You know, the Rams know what, if we know what they're going to do and the Rams know what they're going to do, then I know. Belichick or McDaniels will screw everybody over and give it to somebody else. They do that a lot. This is why we hated the Bill Belichick running game. Yeah, breaking down a Patriots game and trying to figure out what they're going to do is like trying to figure out an episode of Columbo. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thank you. We, one more thing. They want us to think. Yeah, they want us to think it's this guy, but 
Well, if you look at Burkhead, he caught four uh, four catches. The game before one. The game before that one. He had four against Buffalo. I mean, you only need two here uh, for Burkhead, so he's one and a half. Gronkowski, we discussed at three and a half. Robert Woods, five and a half. And I think they're going to be more concerned about Cooks deep than Woods underneath. Woods is pretty consistent and pretty damn good. Um, it'll be interesting to see who he's matched up on. Of course, he's uh, former teammates uh, with uh, with Gilmore and Buffalo. A lot of good bills spread out across the league, unfortunately. Not on the bills uh, anymore. But what do you make, uh, George, of, uh, of Robert Woods in this game? I got to go over five and a half here. I'm going over as well. I think you said it correctly. Patriots are worried about the, uh, you know, the uh, the gun getting killed quickly, not the knife getting killed slowly here. And Woods has gone over five and a half in five of his last six games. All right, uh, George, great stuff. We appreciate you uh, joining us. Island is not an action test. Thank you, George. Rangers, Flyers, Flyers keep winning. Actually, it costs me money. I keep betting against them. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Game Time Decisions, Ready and Rage Radio continues. I'm Gabriel Moretz. He can't steward under the weather. Hopefully uh, he'll return tomorrow. The King has stepped up like the Hall of Famer that he is. And uh, like the Hall of Famer that he is, he's already looking ahead. Of course, the Senior Bowl uh, went down over the weekend. Uh, the draft is around the corner, and the next thing you know, you're going to be in. You're going to find yourself in a fantasy football uh, draft uh, once again. And uh, Scott has written an article over at RotoExperts.com, 2019 fantasy football names to know for dynasty keeper, best ball, and seasonal purposes. So uh, bring it on, Scott. Who are some of the guys you're looking at here? We got a couple of minutes. Yeah, early value running backs uh, that maybe people are overlooking his values. Uh, Edo Smith is one. Uh, I believe they really drafted with I had Tevin Coleman leaving town. Uh, he's got a small 5-9-1-9-5, but I think he can do something in a part-time role. I think people underrate what Gus Edwards can do. Very good down the stretch. Uh, Deontay Foreman is a guy where we don't know what the Texans are going to do in free agency, but Lamar Miller is going to leave. Uh, I think Naheem Hines is going to be involved more in the, the passing game for the Colts next year. Uh, Latavius Murray played very well at times last year when Dalvin Cook went down. TJ Yeldon's a free agent. Uh, Kenyon Drake, uh, Adam Gase misused him. Another coach might come in and get more out of Drake who can be very explosive. And my favorite sleeper running back for the offseason for Dynasty guys to acquire is Mike Davis who is going to be a free agent with the Seahawks. And whenever they got him and gave him a chance to play last year, he took advantage of it. 
Scott Engel. Um, I'm curious to see what Buffalo does with their running back situation next year as far as LaShawn McCoy is concerned. They, you know, whether they draft someone or whether they sign someone. I know you were writing about uh, Latavius Murray actually being a free agent. So I, I don't think it's a good fit for, for, for Buffalo now with McCoy. And I don't think McCoy, even McCoy, could be better off on another team. All right, Scott. So in our remaining minute here, uh, DFS. I'm going to talk a little Super Bowl DFS on the other side. Uh, guys, we'll start taking a look at some of the prices and how we want to approach this. But, I mean, Julian Edelman, to me, is sort of a guy who's got to be in every lineup, right? I mean, and look, in DraftKings format, you could take both quarterbacks. So you could take both quarterbacks. You could take Julian Edelman. How you how you approaching this, Scott? Oh, uh, you know, I like Edelman, but it's really about looking for really the discount guy that I want. You know, Josh Reynolds, you know, we talked about how much cushion he might get. You know, he, he might be a daring player, one of the tight ends, too, for the Rams. The King. Check out the podcast uh, tomorrow. 